This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Sorry for the short intro because this guest has already been with us the hour before. Her name is Karen Stewart. And uh, we're talking to Karen about her... I don't know how we can best describe it. Her... The terror that she's been going through for the last number of years, and she believes that the National Security Agency is behind it. Now, now, Karen, let's start going a little bit forward, because we're still talking about things that happened in when you were living in Maryland, right? Right. Well, let, let me f- see if I can synopsize okay. that and move on to phase two, which is stalking harassment in Florida, where I moved in 2011. So um, as we left off, I'd been put at the um, travel uh department at NSA, I noticed that my stalkers were reporting to security, so I got their license tag numbers, went to the Howard County Police to try to get them investigated and maybe arrested, mm-hmm. and the Howard County Police essentially turned around and gave that information to to the um, security people at NSA, and they came to me in, at the travel agency and said, we want to talk to you, and uh, uh, took me out of the travel agency and told me that... Uh, they thought I was uh, crazy and dangerous and I had to be put on administrative leave. And so I had to leave NSA and I was still being paid. And they said, essentially, um, you can't come back on NSA property. We want you to get a psychological evaluation, a second uh, opinion, mm-hmm. which I did. And they said, oh, we want you to tell the psychologist that you're that you're paranoid and delusional and you think people are stalking and harassing you. And I said, no, I'm going to tell him that I'm the victim of employer harassment and that you say that I'm paranoid delusional I said but I know what you're doing so they were furious that I wouldn't present myself Mm -hmm. as being crazy so I did find somebody interviewed about 20 psychiatrists and psychologists and settled on one who was a known expert and a very senior psychologist and recognized for his expertise I sat and talked with him for um, one day a week for several weeks and at at the third week, he said, Karen, if you were paranoid delusional, I just might have noticed by now. And he said, but I do want you to come back. He said, what you do have is anxiety. He said, and I want you to be able to have somebody to talk to. And so he ended up writing up something for the lawyer that I finally attained. I, I got one in July 2009. And he wrote up something for the lawyer saying, there's nothing wrong with this woman other than being viciously persecuted by her employer. And so they were not happy with that at all. But uh, to roll it back a little bit, once I was put on administrative leave, uh, NSA went to the Howard County Police. And I know this because I heard a policeman tell a woman this. He went, uh, there were police that went throughout my neighborhood telling them that I was crazy and dangerous and I had to be watched. Well, that was a code for basically stock. Stalking and, and harass, stalking harassment by civilians led by NSA and the Howard County Police. And uh, like I said, I heard this man tell this woman that. He pointed to my house and said, the woman who lives there is, uh, according to NSA, is crazy and dangerous. 
And um, when he saw me come up behind him, I was about to ask him, what are you talking about? When he ran, jumped in his car and drove away. Well, the stalking harassment by the community lasted until July 2009. At that point in time, I had started to get out into the neighborhood and tell people the real story. And they started rebelling against NSA. And NSA had to shut down the stalking harassment activity because uh, in their weekly meeting house, which they used to basically do... um, like groupthink, yeah. try to get people to, to act as a group and not think at all. They started having fistfights break out because I saw the police cars coming uh, to the house and people basically were hitting each other, fighting because they were being lied to and uh, didn't like it. So is, mid, this, mid-July, is this that something stopped. Is this something common that the NSA, uh, that the NSA takes part in? You know... Um, I think that they have been doing this anywhere that they were. Now, uh, Maryland, I think, is so totally um, permeated by NSA that this doesn't surprise me. In one lunch conversation, I talked to somebody who said, oh, yes, NSA has a mole in every single senator and congressman's office, and most especially in those in Maryland, to make sure that they do um, everything NSA wants and nothing to the contrary of what is good for NSA. And they even have liaisons with police and other people just Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're in control of the state of Maryland. Well, that's not good because they have now moved out to Georgia, Texas, Colorado, Hawaii, and a few other places. And they start to permeate the governments there to make them do their bidding, whether it is constitutional or for um, the people of that state at all. It doesn't matter to them. What they want is... Uh, something for NSA, and they don't care about the people they're supposed to be protecting. Okay, stand by. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exxon Nation, Karen Stewart is our guest. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com.
shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Karen Stewart's our guest. We're talking about her case against the National Security Agency. And uh, Karen, I, I, I know there's a lot more to the story, but I've got about 40 minutes left. And you know, I'd like to get the opportunity to ask you a few questions. So can we... Sure. Can we... I'll, I'll try to synopsize okay, it. Let's great. finish up the Maryland yes. uh, part of the story because there's a whole other Florida part of it. And I'll try to be quick. Okay. Essentially... Um, after all the stocking stop, NSA continued to work on falsifying paperwork in order to get me fired. And in late October 2010, they held what I call a kangaroo court because I had appealed being fired on the basis that I'd done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And at that kangaroo court, my the, the gentleman that I, I had hired as the second opinion psychologist, he said he wanted to come with me because he felt, he felt very strongly that I was being railroaded out of a job. So he presented his side and his findings. And at that point, it was their turn to present their side, the psychologist from uh, security who had threatened me. And we were told to leave because we were not allowed to hear her side. So we left, and within a few days, I was notified that, yes, I was fired, and there was nothing more to be done about it. They sent me a termination package that said that I would not be eligible for any type of retirement, uh, despite the fact that I had worked for them 28 years, that I could not get any type of retirement until I was 62, which was eight years at that point. And I knew there was something called discontinued service retirement, which I was indeed immediately eligible for. And NSA fought me on that. They lied to me. The general counsel even lied to me, saying that didn't exist when I pointed it out to them in the um, CSRS retirement manual. And I actually had to get a gentleman from OPM, Office of Personnel Management, involved, and he said, I've got this. And he got my retirement, which started in March of uh, 2011, which is, it's a reduced retirement. It's at uh, GS-12, even though I should have retired at the GS-14 because of my stolen uh, promotion, Mm -hmm. but it was money. So at that point in time, I told my husband, I said, I'm going to move back to Florida because we're both from Florida. I said, I'm going to go down there six months a year until my case is adjudicated. And uh, he was still working. And I said, because I need to get out of Maryland because I just want to slap the idiot neighbors who assumed I was a bad person and stalked and harassed me extrajudiciously. I said, I just have to leave. So I came down and I was staying with my parents six months a year, helping them out because they're in their 80s. And everything went fine. And I was left alone for about five years. Then when I was here in 2015, um, I had discovered the real identity of the NSA burglar. And I told my lawyer in Atlanta to subpoena the Maryland Department of Motor Vehicles information on him to include a photo of him because I expected it to look exactly like what I had drawn, Mm -hmm. um, a photo of him from 2006. And I expected it to look exactly like the picture I had drawn of him. Well, that subpoena was blocked by NSA, apparently, because we never got a response. And after we sent the subpoena, I noticed that I was being stalked yet again almost a thousand miles away in Tallahassee, Florida. And I thought for a little while that I just was, you know, having flashbacks or imagining things. And then I noticed that two different teams of stalkers um, basically were taking pictures of me. And at that point in time, I was a 58-year-old woman, and these were young military-looking men in civilian garb. And I said, there's no way a 26-year-old wants a picture of me. And so I turned the tables and took pictures of him and uh, two of the cars that these stalkers were using. And uh, their cars basically said 
um, Panama City dealership, and I know for a fact that anybody who's stationed at the Naval Security Group in Pensacola, if they want a nice car, they have to go to Panama City because there's not a good dealership in, in Pensacola. So both of these cars had Panama City dealership logos, and all four of the men looked exceedingly military, even though they were in um, uh, civilian garb. So at that point, I said they're taking the pictures so that they can tell a new group of stalkers who they're stalking. And so within a couple of weeks, I noticed that I had civilian stalkers doing exactly the same things that I had noticed in Maryland. They would um, follow me and they would also get ahead of me and impede me and, um, you know, start to harass me on the road and follow me into stores to harass me, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole thing was starting up again. So I was infuriated, but I... You know, I put up with it and I said, well, if I go to the police now, it's what NSA wants because they're going to want to say, oh, look, you're paranoid and delusional again. And so I said, well, I'm going to ignore it. And uh, they did start to do things like they would uh, they did a couple hit and runs. And so I reported to the police when I had physical evidence of something. And um, so, I, like I said, I wasn't. I wasn't basically going hysterical. I just was reporting something when I had physical evidence to show them. And they noted it and did very little. And um, by the fall, I was getting rather fed up. And when the, the um, anniversary of 9-11 came about, I said, you know what? I'm going to tweet and uh, go onto a radio blog and tell people what I know about 9-11. And what I had experienced was that I came in two days after 9-11 happened and there was a gentleman who was sobbing his heart out standing in the hall near my office, and two or three women were around him trying to comfort him. Mm-hmm. And he was saying something that caught my attention. I assumed that he had lost someone and felt terrible for him, but I was continuing to my office until he said the following. Not any of those people had to die. We had all the information that we needed to save them, and, the, and our managers would not let us report it. And so I stood there and listened to him repeat more or less that over and over again in different forms. But very clearly, NSA had, and he talked about having the information months ahead of time. So I was absolutely shocked. And I thought something uh, would come out later, but it never did. And then I saw the NSA managers lying to Congress, saying that they could not have found out that information because they didn't have enough money and because the pesky a constitution had gotten mm-hmm. in their way. And I thought, that is not true at all. Let me ask you this at this point. Based on the Pardon? information based on the information that you're privy that you were privy to and the conversations that you had while you were at the NSA, who was responsible for the attack on nine eleven? You know, I can't tell you who it was. All I can tell you is that it was allowed from the very highest echelon of NSA. And now whether they were told to stand down Um, I don't know that, but I suspect they were told Mm. and just carrying out the orders because of all the other testimonies that have come out saying that, you know, a a myriad people tried to warn the FBI and the FBI basically ignored it. So at this point in time, I mean, then I thought that maybe NSA had allowed it to get more power and money, which I found despicable. But with everything that's come out in the following years, I'm wondering if it didn't come from very high up and that there weren't multiple agencies told to stand down and allow it to happen. So I, you know, I was told exactly the same story that the crying man told me about eight years later from another NSA analyst who was getting fired or who had been fired. He had basically off NSA um, management by trying to reword and resend warnings about 9-11 when they told him to shut up about it. He was naive and thought that perhaps he wasn't making himself clear, so he uh, rewrote the the, uh, the warning several times and tried to present it to them, and they got infuriated with him, told him he was paranoid and delusional, and he was fired. Is it possible that the this the surveillance that you are you've been put under and the trouble and the firing at work may have something to do with your knowledge about 911 uh no because i didn't speak of it at work mm-hmm. i waited to see if anybody said anything more okay um the trouble that i got in with my knowledge of 911 came in the fall of 2015 okay. all the other persecution came i think from my asking about why my work was used to promote uh, an office floozy 
an office floozy. <clears throat> That's what I call her. But, um, you know, I think I came to to think in the years following mm-hmm. with the knowledge from um, Russell Tice that NSA uh, security was blackmailing a lot of people. I came to the realization that it was most likely that NSA security had sent her into weapons and space to compromise multiple managers in order to blackmail them for secrets that they who knows what they intended to do with but it was for themselves and i think what i did was i basically tripped into a a nest of hornets when i uncovered that she had been given my promotion for my work could this just not have been an error well you know when you try to present proof and you have multiple people Mm -hmm. who try to talk to uh, security and tell them that it was my work. In fact, my my supervisor who had moved on wrote me a letter saying this is Karen's work. Rita had nothing to do with it. And then she basically said a lot of very nice things about me. And she said, well, I hope this can be resolved. And that letter was totally ignored. In fact, um, it was after that that things accelerated and I started being stalked and harassed and I was threatened with being fired for being paranoid and delusional because I thought my work was stolen and I thought my promotions were stolen and I thought that they were stalking and harassing me. And I said, well, how is it then that the promotion board member who came to me and told me that my work was stolen and my promotions were stolen, is she paranoid and delusional too? So, of course, they wouldn't answer that. So I think the big persecution for that number of years and the outrageously rabid and insane reaction to my asking simply why I couldn't have been promoted and given credit for my own work, I think that was um, their reaction to thinking they might get found out for using this woman to blackmail NSA uh, upper management and weapons in space. And think about weapons in space. They are the most critical they are the most critical um, department there um, mm-hmm. it, because they have the secrets. They have um, all kinds of secrets to our weaponry, to our defense. And if you compromise them, you've compromised the entire country and you've left it open for attack, perhaps. So they were extraordinarily uh, – they were in extraordinarily sensitive uh, areas that uh, any foreign mm-hmm. uh, country would love to know certain secrets in that area so they could come in and basically nullify our defenses and destroy us. So it's extraordinarily dangerous that, the, that she compromised those particular managers. All right. Have we, have we kind of put the entire case in a nutshell now? Um, well, I would tell you that after I came out with uh, the 9-11 information, mm-hmm. I was uh, uh, approached on Twitter by somebody who appears to be Bill Black Jr., who was the deputy director of the NSA during 9-11. He essentially called me a liar, and I presented my um, my badge for his, you know, I, I, I published my badge to say, no, I was there, I'm telling the truth. And he erased all of our conversation, and three days later, I started getting the electronic harassment, which is pretty much directed energy weapons, and um, they kill you. They will give you cancer. It looks like we lost her again. Funny how these things happen. All right, ExoNation, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to try and get uh, Karen back on the other side of this break. We're going to be taking in approximately mm, one minute, ten seconds. Karen uh, Stewart is our guest an NSA whistleblower. And uh, Karen and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue trying to get to the rest of the story here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Are you a believer or are you a skeptic? In this matter, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com and tell me what your thoughts are about Karen's case. Hmm, strange. But sometimes the strange are true. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. It's going to get much more interesting, I promise.
Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. All right, Exonation, we have Karen Stewart back. Persistent bugger, am I not? Yeah, so is Karen. (laughs) Karen, thanks very much for being with us and for sharing your story. Now, you were telling me during the break that there there are other people who are going through the same thing. Yes, there are, and I think that is the most important aspect of this story. In the ensuing months after I was targeted for the second time, I found out about electronic harassment. I found out that the Navy um, Naval Security Group is co-located now with NSA at Fort Meade, Maryland, and they are the ones in charge of directed energy weapons. And you need to look those up because they are horrific. Well, what has happened is that apparently they are using the watch list, the terrorist watch list, 
and a purposeful misinterpretation by the intelligence community. They are using the watch list to put people on random people, people with specific um, genetics that they're interested in, like people who have autism, and um, they're throwing whistleblowers and perhaps anybody who's a dissident or a patriot or a pro-constitution person. They're throwing the, these people on the watch list as well as random people to bloat it in order to justify their existence and the explosion of contractors, security contractors. But they're also using them as experiments. These people, they don't know it. But once they're put on the watch list, the purposeful misinterpretation says they no longer have constitutional rights. They no longer have human rights and that you can uh, experiment on them and kill them at whim um, using these devices. And I understand that some of it is also medical experimentation, but I know that the people who are developing these weapons are using um, this type of wrongful persecution to figure out what type of person dies how quickly under what kind of um, directed energy weapon. And people like me have been put on the list for slow kill. And I cannot, for any uh, for anything, I cannot get help from the police. I have meter readings showing that these things going through our home are in the danger zone of many, uh, many different types of meters, like electromagnetic, microwave, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm blown off because NSA basically has come down to... Um, to Florida for me and told the police not to help me. Okay. And they are doing this type of thing all over the United States. It's not just NSA. It's the military-industrial complex. Okay, let me ask you something here, okay? Sure. What you described... Now, what year did all this start? 2006? Um, the, the problems with NSA probably started, yeah, 2006. Okay. Um, and, and, and then just escalated out of control in 2015. Okay. okay. Nine years. 2006 to 2015. If you were that much of a threat, or if you posed that much of a threat of exposing something, would they have kept you employed while they were doing all this negative all these negative things to you? The break-ins, the, uh, you know, putting you off the roads, the stalking or would they have not planted something and fired you bang gone and put me in prison i feared that i actually um i have a huge book collection Mm -hmm. and i feared uh, you know them coming in putting something in my house right and then calling the fbi and saying hey look in the third book from the left there's a, a top secret manual or okay. something like that they didn't do that so some why? of this why I why basically not? call total insanity, and I can't explain it. I think I was being set up for something um, that they became absolutely rabidly vindictive, um, not knowing that maybe security was lying to the upper echelon at NSA. Or, uh, you know, I really, it's hard for me to explain psychopaths. But, uh, wait, you know, let's, let's, let's just look at both sides of the coin here. If, in fact... You had done something horrifically wrong. You would have ended up in jail. But to drag this on and drag this on at cost to the taxpayers, something doesn't make sense here. Oh, a lot doesn't make sense. Yeah. Absolutely a lot. And and like I said, I am hard-pressed to explain psychopaths, and that's all I can think that they are. But we're talking about one of the most trusted organizations in the United States, the National Security Agency. Well, you know what? If I were going to take down the National Security Agency, if I was going to do some horrific Mm -hmm. things, I would infiltrate NSA security. And I would put my people there. And I would have them blackmail and gather secrets for, and I don't know who to say, for themselves, for an internal shadow government, for a foreign government, I'm not really sure. But once you have compromised the security um, uh, organization of an organization, that organization is toast. Okay, There's nothing that they do that is going to be secret from those people. I understand where you're coming from with this line of thinking, but where is your proof? You're making a lot of allegations. And 
Is there any proof? Well, some of it is surmising what has happened to me as not making any other sense. Okay. You're right. You know, um, there's no there's no sense for my persecution. Um, there was no sense for um, people to be told that I was crazy and dangerous mm -hmm. in two separate locations. Now, I was told by a sheriff's deputy, Leon County Sheriff's Deputy Cannon, he admitted to me that NSA had come down to Tallahassee for a secret exercise. And I said, oh, really? And he said, oh, yeah, it was about um, March or April of 2015. And he told me that closer to the uh, summer, like May or so. Mm -hmm. And in April, I started getting harassed and stalked again. And I said, surmise that NSA was here and behind it, but I didn't know for sure. But he validated the fact that actually NSA personnel had come down to Tallahassee, made themselves known, and had liaised with the Leon County Sheriff's Department. Okay, let me, so, uh, let, me, let me just go back a few, a few years. When the break-in happened, the first break-in, you and your husband driving home, you see somebody exiting, exiting in the side of your house. Yes. Did you call the police? Um, we discussed it. We went into the house yeah. to see if anything was amiss. We, we looked around, and no TV or radio or anything of value was mm -hmm. taken. And I went to the back door and opened the sliding glass back door. Well, I tried to open it. I touched it, mm -hmm. and the mechanism fell and just was broken in two. And it looked to me like somebody had, had sawed through the screws that keep it in place and then just placed it back to make sure that it looked normal, but it was not normal. I call, called my husband yeah. down, and I said, look at this. And I said, I do think that man broke in. Look, this has been destroyed. And he said, yes, but there's nothing missing. He, and I said, well, I still feel like we need to call the police. Yeah. And? And he, did, he didn't want to because he thought we would be laughed at or we would be bothering the police. They'd come and say, nothing's missing. Why did you bother us? Okay, let me ask you another question. As a member of the National Security Agency, somebody breaks into your house or attempts to break into your house. Did you make a report to the NSA authorities? No, I did not do that. Why not? I was having, I was having so much trouble with them that it, there didn't seem to be a point. Now, they had always told us throughout mm -hmm. my entire career, they said, if you see something, say something. Yeah. And yet, when I went to them, they were trying to make me into a villain. And so I had lost total confidence in them. Right. Okay, you're, you, now you're telling us that you are being submitted to, um, what do you call those rays that you're being submitted to? Well, what they are is they're directed energy weapons, right. and if you look them up, they have become mobilized. I checked that out with a an acquaintance who used to guard their development and mm -hmm. secrets, and he said, yes, they've come down to a mobile size, and they can be put in cars, and they okay. can be put in backpacks and large purses. Um, and if you, if you um, YouTube, if you go to YouTube and... Um, look for the Battle of the Fallujah Airport, you'll find a report that talks about the fact that the Americans brought out directed energy weapons yeah. and melted the Iraqis during that, that battle because they were losing. All right, let me ask you this. Have you been or have you gone to a medical facility or a doctor who could substantiate your claims that you were being submitted to these direct energy uh, weaponry? Well, I will tell you that we've been hit since November 2015, and I've been to the doctor in the last six months, more mm -hmm. than I've ever been to doctors in my entire life. But is the doctor, um, can the doctor say beyond a shadow of a doubt, based on testing or a physical examination, that you have been subjected to direct energy weapons? They can't do that because they don't know what the effects of directed energy weapons are because they haven't specialized in them. But I was told at one point by a neurologist, mm -hmm. he said, you've got bleeding under the, under the uh, brain uh, blood sac barrier. And I said, oh, what does that come from? He said, well, it can come from uh, heart disease. He said, I assume you have heart disease in your family. I said, no, sir, I do not. In fact, I do not have heart disease in my family on either side for at least four generations that we know of. And I, you know, I don't have heart disease. I don't have a history of it. I said, what else could cause that? And he said, well, I really don't know. And I have read that microwaves will cause bleeding in the um, brain, the blood brain sac underneath it. So mm -hmm. that is in literature that is very specialized to these weapons. And unfortunately, most doctors are not aware of these weapons nor their effects. But, but you cell can phones. find the effects on the internet. But in cell phones, documents. cell phones, 
use microwaves. There are microwave towers all over the place. You know, so is there, it, can, can we say conclusively that the National Security Agency is targeting you with direct energy weapons? And if so, how do we prove that? Well, I've got, um, I would say in a court of law, we would have to, to present a preponderance of evidence. Is there a direct connection? No, I can only tell you that I have proof that NSA came here. I have proof because I saw that um, uh, the FDLE went to some of these meetings that, mm-hmm. that, was being, that were being held that were very similar to the group meetings that I saw and noticed in Maryland. Mm -hmm. So the proof positive is tenuous. It really is. But there's a preponderance of evidence that you can present that would make you think this is very possible. And I would tell you also that the Panama, the Pensacola, um, Naval Security Group, again, they are co-located in in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, The headquarters is co-located in Maryland. They're called the Silent Warriors. Why? Because they deal with directed energy weapons. And if if the police would look up the license plates that I gave them of the... um, what appeared to be the Navy stalkers, mm-hmm. I think they gave proof conclusively that the people who were photo-stalking me were Navy, but I'm getting no help from them. So I have a lot of evidence that actually needs to be followed and proven um, through the authorities that is sitting there waiting for help that I'm not getting. So if I had a concerted effort, I think really I could make a good case. But right now... Um, there's just a preponderance of evidence that makes it highly likely that that's exactly what has been happening. All right, we've got a wrap-up of this segment. Uh, please stand by, Karen. Exonation. Karen Stewart is our special guest. And Karen, what is that website that uh, people can find out more about? Is it um, biggerthansnowden.com? Uh, yes, yeah, I've, I've been put on there. That's not my site, but I have been put on there. All right, Nation, Karen Stewart, if you'd like to find out more about Karen, like I said, you can go to biggerthansnowden.com. Or you can also go to Google and just do like we did, enter Karen Stewart, NSA whistleblower, and uh, you'll have a lot of information to go through. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our radio station affiliates and satellite programming providers. Like to send me an email? Send me your thoughts, your comments, your suggestions. Studio at exoneradiotv.com or exone at exoneradiotv.com and on all social media sites, exone, I'm sorry, on all social media sites, exone radio TV. Karen and I return as we wrap up this hour in the exone. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming, 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Right, Exonation. Karen Stewart is my guest. Biggerthansnowden.com, or else you can go to um, Google, type in Karen Stewart, and that's S-T-E-W-A-R-T, space NSA, space whistleblower, and your Google search engine will be filled. All right, Karen. Um, one question I, that, that I thought of during the break was that you seem to 
to talk about the um, when you were in Tallahassee, the fact that the the naval intelligence team was there. What are they called? Uh, yes, Naval Security Group, right. and they sent a photo stocking, two photo stocking teams, apparently, at the beginning of uh, the, their effort, NSA's effort to stalk and harass me here. Once again, you're surmising their naval intelligence, right? Well, um, <laughs> yes, because they looked like they were military dressed in civilian garb. Mm-hmm. Both of their cars had the Panama City um, dealership logo, which I know to be where people who are stationed at Pensacola will buy nice new cars because Pensacola has nothing of that type in in the city. And NSA and the Naval Security Group are co-located. Um, their headquarters are co-located at Fort Meade, Maryland. And the fact that these people are called um, silent warriors and they deal with directed energy weapons. And here, all of a sudden, I'm being hit with a directed energy weapons. Yeah. Where would they have gotten them? So is it surmising? Yes, it is. If I could get the police to track down the license plate numbers of the cars used, which they won't do, mm-hmm. then I, I do believe that they would come back as being owned by naval security personnel. What would that prove? Well, that would prove that they were in on the photo stalking and that um, this was the beginning of the stalking harassment but in if, Tallahassee. If they were to say that this was all done as a matter of national security, it can't go very far, can it? Well, you know, there is a federal law that says you cannot hide crimes using a classification. All right, I don't understand what the significance of that is to your case. Well, well, if you're committing a crime, like you're mm-hmm. stalking and harassing an innocent person, and then when somebody tries to investigate, let's say a senator or somebody with clearance or without, um, and you say, are you stalking and harassing this person? They can answer, well, we're not going to answer that because it has national security ramifications. Right. Well, well, they can answer that, but then if it's proved later that that was a lie, that it was a stalking vendetta to cover up their own crimes being used, uh, basically being perpetrated in their jobs – then they have committed yet another felony by trying to hide behind a classification. Okay. Some people, I'm sure, look at your case and say, oh, this is just a lady who's sour grapes because she didn't get a promotion and now she's making up this fantastic story to get some attention. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm sure you hear that. Well, no, not really, but I will tell you that I'm... (laughs) I'm a very private person. Mm-hmm. I looked forward to my retirement. I um, am into art and photography. Mm-hmm. I have a house full of books that I would love to be able to go through and read. Mm-hmm. I have uh, American history, American history buff. I have so much, so many more, uh, so much better to do than this, I will tell you. And I'm sitting here right now, and they are aiming whatever it is, um, into the house where I'm using this this phone, Mm -hmm. and my head is tightening, I'm feeling sick, I have a vicious headache, and um, all the the symptoms of what is um, basically what people who are being hit with the directed energy weapons know to be true, burning in the chest, burning in the stomach, burning in the heart, um, and believe me, I have better things to do than make up this kind of garbage. I really have better things to do. But you know what? I'm getting out here and talking, yeah. not only because I was done viciously wrong, but when I found out how very many people are being treated this way, they're being experimented on, I had to get out and talk. And I'm saying this with using my own name and my own face mm-hmm. because I have nothing to hide. As God is my witness, everything that I have told you either is true or I sincerely believe it to be true. And there are a lot of people who cannot speak out and say, I've been put on this list and I'm being tortured because they still have to make a living. And they still have to try to guard their children and make sure their children grow up. So I'm one of the few people who, you know, I'm out here and using my face, my name, and I'm trying to get the attention of all people, American, Canadian. And it looks like we lost her again. My goodness. I don't know what to tell you, Craig. Um, Craig, do you want to try and get our guest back? Give it a few minutes. All right, ExoNation, this is, this, is, this is what I am having a problem with in this case. Why would the NSA go through all of this 
if they did not have a reason. Like this, we're talking about mega resources. And the fact that that she is saying that she believes it's to cover up a sex scandal that is being perpetrated by the security department of the NSA. They have this person sleeping with scientists or people who have access to secrets. And she believes that the security people are blackmailing these people to get information. And this, this, this just seems preposterous. But is it? Is it possible that this is true? Or is it possible, like I said, this is just someone who has an axe to, axe to bury and uh, axe to grind, and this is how they're doing it? Could it be? I don't know. This 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 thing is is in the realm of really out there. Let's try and get her back, Craig. Okay. Da 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 da. da. Alrighty, here we go. It's ringing. And we have Karen back. Hey, Karen, Rob here. We're still rolling. So I guess they uh, they upped the ante on their on their machine, huh? Ah, uh, yes. The the burning in my ears, the pressure in my ears, the burning in through my forehead and in my chest is is going up. It's higher. Um, how would you you know what what, do you, what are your final thoughts? Like, th- look, we're, we, you've got an you've got an election coming up in November. Have you tried to approach any of the presidential candidates and say this is happening? This is what's happening. Uh, yes, I uh, was on um, a um, radio blog show mm-hmm. after a woman who has been hired by Trump. She was out speaking about the real, what she called the real war in women. Mm-hmm. And um, this radio blog had her on before me, and I got her email, and I sent her all my links after th- I had done my part of the show. Right. And I, I said to her, please pass this on to Mr. Trump. I have not heard back yet, but I have hope that maybe she has. And this is a highly sensitive subject. I'm sure if um, if he has been told about it, he's doing his research before contacting me. What about uh, Secretary Clinton? Have you con- tried to contact her? I have not, because I personally see her as part of the problem. Um, am I right or wrong? I don't know. But I have not. I uh, just in my heart, I feel like she's part of the problem, and this would go nowhere. How about the president himself? I do think that he's part of the problem as well. Now there are people who have tried to contact him mm-hmm. and have failed in getting his attention for this. So I did not feel that that um, my doing anything would do anything more than what they had. What's your next step? Well, my next step, what I'm doing and being encouraged to do is speak out, speak out, speak out. Um, And I'm hoping that maybe somebody will start an investigation, that maybe congressmen, senators will start to defund some nebulous programs that Mm -hmm. may be hiding this within it. And um, I do have an advocate who has contacted uh, a particular politician who knows about this um, terrorist watch list being filled with innocent people. And he's investigating what the U.S. Congress and Senate are trying to do is find a way to let people appeal to be taken off the watch list because there is no appeals process. If anybody saw um, Congressman Trey Gowdy interviewing a um, Department of Homeland Security official, um, he was asking her about that specific thing. He said once somebody is on the watch list who has been put there by mistake, he said, what is the appeals process to get off? And she said, there is none. And he said, there is none. So nobody innocent on the terrorist watch list has any means to get off the terrorist watch list. And she said, no, sir. How do you know you're on that list? Well, I'm assuming by the way that I'm being treated. Now, if you talk to people who have been targeted, mm-hmm. they will tell you very similar stories. And there's no way that this is mass hallucination. Because, number one, that doesn't even exist. That is not a real thing. Um, we have compared notes, and we are being dealt with the same way. We're being abused and assumed to be bad people. And, uh, again, being stalked and harassed. And then when you go to the police uh-huh. with any type of real proof... It's blown off. 
And we know from experience that the police usually take somebody seriously and they are there to protect and serve. But if we bring them something like a hit and run or um, vandalism of our car in our own driveway, they blow it off. And then they start to insult you and uh, be very rude uh, when you have not done the same to them. So it's all very similar. It's like we get on this list and it has to be the watch list because we're we're being uh followed around by people who uh, I said at one point in time if I said boo to one of the first people who started stalking me in Tallahassee the person probably would have fainted or wet himself you know I said some of these people look like they're scared to death of me and I'm just this you know frumpy uh five and a half foot woman who doesn't look at all terrorizing um there's nothing about me that's that's threatening and certainly there is no history of anything Karen, that's threatening. Karen, our, our time has run out. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for giving, uh, you know, telling us your story. And well, thank keep, you. Keep us, uh, keep us in mind when you, any new developments come up. Love to hear from I you. I certainly will. All thank right, you. Exo Nation. Karen Stewart has been our guest. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about Karen, all you have to do is Google Karen Stewart. Got that? Karen Stewart. That's S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Uh, NSA whistleblower or go to biggerthansnowden.com I'll be back on the other side of this break don't go away